Blog Talk Radio. Romans 2 and 5. Nope. The righteous judgment of the Most High who will yep. render unto every man according to his nope. deeds. To them who by patience continuing yep. some well-doing seek nope. for glory and honor and immorality yep. eternal life. But unto them that are nope. contentious and do not obey the yep. truth but obey unrighteousness, indignation and wrath. You an African American? Nope. You believe that's your heritage? Yep. Do you know who you are? Nope. King, queen? Nigga with back? Nope. Do you shine like a star? Yep. Think they gon' say it? Nope. We gon' expose them? Yep. Yeah. They gon' take your life? Nope. So many secrets in the vault? Yep. Do this knowledge cost? Nope. Hop in the book to my? Yep. Do you follow these laws? Nope. Do they still exist? Yep. Have time to wait? Nope. Do we have grace? Yep. Continue with sin? Nope. I'ma ask you again. Yep. Should we continue with sin? Um, 
you got to choose one. Who you gonna choose the most? I your Two sides to choose from. You got to choose one. Who you gonna choose? Who you gonna choose? Got to choose. All right, all right, all right. You're gonna learn today. All right, all right, all right. You're gonna learn today. All right, all right, all right, all right. Uh, shalom, good morning. It's, it's, it's that guy, it's Mashaba. Welcome to another episode of ISBHPK uh, Presents Bible Talk. Uh, my name is Mashaba. I'm one of the teachers with the ISBHPK. That is the Israelite School of Biblical History and Practical Knowledge with school locations in San Antonio, Texas, which um, are located at 4444 Walsam, uh, uh, San Antonio, Texas, 78217, um, uh, Austin, Houston, Texas, uh, located at um, – I, I need my magnifying glass, y'all. Sorry about that. Don't have everything quite memorized yet. Uh, our school location in Houston is located at 231 FM 1092, right? Uh, 231 FM 1092 uh, in Stafford, Texas, 77477, all right? Um, we have a, a, also school location in Norfolk, Virginia. Which is located at 2610 Granby Street, uh, Norfolk, Virginia, at 23517. Been a zip code there. And a school location in Rochester, New York, located at 1600 Lyle Avenue, Suite 1A, Rochester, Rochester New York, 14606, being the, the address there. If you like more information, about the school location in Houston, you can reach out to uh, Brother uh, Chris Quatizop. Um His phone number is uh, 303-557-8979. Um, if you like more information about the school in Norfolk, you can reach out to, uh, to Priest Kazakia at area code 757-300-4047. And for the, the school location in Rochester, reach out to, to Priest Zion. Uh, his phone number is 757-762-3917. Um, and they can definitely accommodate you. They can definitely take care of you and, and accommodate you um, if you have any questions. You can also go to isbhpk.com, um, isbhpk.com. Um, to keep up with the latest events, high holidays, um, and also links to uh, Sweet Ambiance, to Israel Wear, to Total Creations, and believe it or not, to blogtalkradio.com. Um, the website is, is really a nice website. Uh, go check it out. Uh, they have uh, Bible study aids, um, 12 tribes breakdown, uh, classes, and, and links to the, the YouTube channels as well, the, the Hidden Truth. Uh, the five minutes of wisdom, the yeah, uh, Hebrew uh, media core, and what am I missing? I feel like I'm missing something. Well, there's links there. You can, you can go and check it out, and, and, and it's all there. 
tonight, brothers and sisters, for those who did uh, honor the Passover, the actual official start of Passover being sundown uh, April 5th, which was last Wednesday. And then tonight actually ends. Um, starting tonight is the last day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Starting tonight at sundown uh, is the, uh, the last day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, meaning the Feast of Unleavened Bread actually ends tomorrow night at sundown. Right? It actually ends tomorrow night at sundown. So today is a high holy day. Right? Starting tonight at sundown, it is a high holy day. Um, let's go ahead and go to uh, Leviticus 23 real quick. And starting at verse 1, and it reads as such. <clears throat> Leviticus chapter 23, verse 1, and it says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, Concerning the feast of the Lord, which ye shall proclaim to be holy convocations, even these are my feasts. All right, so these are, are, are the, the feast days of, of the Most High, right, that he, that, uh, he gave to the children of Israel um, uh, of the day, his holy days, all right? That, that's where the word holiday, the word holiday comes from, is from the two words holy days. These, are, these days were set apart uh, to the Israelites to be special and observed with the, between the Israelites and the Most High. Right. This was a, a, uh, these were days of rest At the most I wanted the children of Israel To stop working Actually come together And feast Actually come together And, 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 and congregate and That's what the word convocation means Meaning an official calling An official gathering So these were the, these were the days that the Israelites Were supposed to cease from whatever work We had going on So now we can actually come and gather together on these feast days, right, and, and enjoy one another, you know. Uh, so the first one, Leviticus chapter 23, verse 3. Six days shall work be done, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of rest and holy convocation. You shall do no work therein. It is the Sabbath of the Lord in all your dwellings. So, again, <clears throat> if you understand from uh, the previous classes that, we, that, that we, we've covered here um, on ISBHBK Bible Talk, and I'm sure on other, the, it's been covered in YouTube classes, you can go and discover it, that the reason we don't work on the Sabbath wasn't just for a person to stay home and not do anything. The reason there was no work on the Sabbath is so that we could gather ourselves together. All right? No excuses. That there was, on this day, stop all working. No excuses. Stop working. Come together. Have a feast. And, and be around each other. Remember the royal commandment, brothers and sisters, the royal commandment uh, that Paul let us know. Love the Most High. Love God with all your heart and with all your soul. And to love your neighbor as you love yourself. That the Most High always wanted the Israelites to be unified together. Um, uh, Psalms 133, look how good and how pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together in unity. Ecclesiasticus 25 and 1, um, which tells us, I, I don't want to quote it, man, as I'm doing a little brain fog this morning. Let me pull it up real quick. Yeah, this also gives me a minute to slow my mind down just a little bit also.
when we do read Ecclesiasticus, chapter 25, verse 1, and it says, In three things I was beautified, instead of beautiful, both before the Most High and men. So we're about to read about what are the three things that Most High finds beautiful, all right? The, uni- the first thing that's listed is the unity of brethren. That for Israelites to be gathered together and unified, that we actually be gathered together, we're coming together, that that is beautiful in the eyes of the Father. For the nation of Israel, the 12 tribes of the nation of Israel, Judah, Benjamin, Levi, Simeon, Zelah, Ephraim, Manasseh, Gad, Reuben, Esther, Nabali, and Issachar, for us to actually come together and be unified, loving one another, enjoying one another, um, uh, uplifting one another, being about one another, having very functional families as we, as we are a community, as we are a people, as we are a nation, um, that we're unified. So the first thing that most I find is beautiful is the unity of brethren. Then he goes on to say the love of neighbors. It's the second most beautiful thing that the most I find, um, especially dealing with the nation of Israel, is the unity of brethren and the love of neighbors. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. We come together. We, we love being around each other. We, we, we thrive off of being around each other. That, that it's, in, it's in our unity, being together as Israelites, that that is beautiful in the eyes of the Father. And then the third thing he says is, and a man and woman that agree together. That it's all about unity, y'all. Um, uh, uh, even the quote, to, oh, the uh, old Queen Latifah song, U-N-I-T-Y, right? It is about unity. It is about us coming together. Um, it's, it's about we are family, that we are a family. The nation of Israel is supposed to be a family. So that with the institution of the Sabbath, it wasn't just for a person just to get off work. The purpose of getting off work is so that we could gather together. It wasn't just about... like. Um, it's my Sabbath, so I'm, just, I'm not going to uh, cook anything. I'm not going to work. Uh, I'm just going to stay in my house and just chill because it's my Sabbath. Again, the purpose of, of, of the Sabbath and not working is so that we could gather together. When we look up the word convocation, and let me slow down a little bit more. In Leviticus chapter 23 and verse 3, again, it says, Six days shall work be done. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of rest and holy convocation. So what's the purpose of the rest? Why does he call this day the seventh day um, a Sabbath of rest for it to be a holy convocation? All right. Now, when we look at the word convocation, when we look at the word convocation, again, and, we, we, and, and keeping in mind, the Lord gave us practical knowledge, all right, that the Lord wants the Israelites to deal in practicality, in his practicality, that, that the, the Mosai, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob deals with practicality. It's not mysticism. It's not, it's not, um, um, it's not mysticism, but it's practical, all right, meaning it can be applied. It's something that, get, that can be very useful. It can actually be used. So with the seventh day being the day of rest, but why is it a day of rest? So it can be a holy convocation, all right? And when we look at the word convocation, 
from the Webster's 1820 Dictionary. The word convocation from the Webster's 1820 Dictionary. The first definition of convocation is the act of calling an assembly by summons. All right? That's the first definition of convocation. So if, if we come back and look at the scripture, it says, six days shall work be done. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of rest and holy convocation. Meaning what? When we come back and look, uh, look at the word uh, convocation, the act of calling or assembling by summons. That, yes, all Israelites were to, were, are, it's an official calling or assembling by summons. We're being summons, like, 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 like you might be summons to court uh, today, um, that we're supposed to assemble together. That's why it's a day of rest from whatever work you had going on. And for whatever work we had going on, stop our work and now come to this calling. Come and assemble yourselves together. Be together, all right? The second definition of, of convocation is an assembly, all right? We all uh, remember public school uh, from, from, from middle school through high school. There was assemblies, all right? They'd be all at the gym, and we all, the whole school would be there in the gym to, for whatever assembly was going on, or the whole eighth grade, the whole sixth grade, the whole seventh grade, the whole eighth grade, that we would have assemblies where we would all have to come together. This was the purpose of the Sabbath, the institution of the Sabbath. This was the purpose of instituting the, the at the end of every, uh, every seven days would be a Sabbath of rest. Stop working so we can assemble ourselves together and have a feast. Um, let me see what I was doing. Let me see what I was for Smith. From the Smith's Bible Dictionary, Convocation. This term, uh, with one exception, is uh, supplied invariably in to meetings of a religious character in contradistinction to congregation. So it, it's a meeting. It's a congregation. It's a coming together. All right? Stop working so we can come together, so we can unite. Um, let me see here. Um that's a good one, but let me see here. Convocation from the International Standard Bible Encyclopedia, the International Standard Bible Encyclopedia. Um, convocation is a rendering for makwara'a, uh, chiefly in the frequent holy convocation, but the word is sometimes used uh, alone. Example given is number 17, verse 2, which tells us, uh, make the two trumpets of silver uh, out of the whole piece, shalt thou make them, that thou mayest use them for the calling of the assembly and for the journeying of the camps. So, again, this convocation was to, for the calling of the assembly of the Israelites, that we had to come together, right? Um In Isaiah chapter 4, verse 5, and it says, And the Lord will create upon every dwelling place of Mount Zion and upon her assemblies a cloud and a smoke by day and the shining of a flaming fire by night. For upon, for upon all the glory 
shall be a defense. So again, the the convocation was the official calling together of the Israelites, and we had this we had the the, the, the silver horns and uh, the trumpets, and we would play those, and that was to let all Israelites know that we had to uh, come together, and we had to gather together, we had to unify. All right, uh, on on a holy convocation, no work could be done. The phrase differs from a solemn assembly, which in the Pentateuch is only applied to the concluding festivals at the end of the Passover and Tabernacles, while holy convocation is used in the Sabbath and all the great holy days of the Mosaic legislation, no doubt. Again, all I'm saying is that this was um, the convocations was for the official assembling, the official coming together of the Israelites. So the very first one that the Lord pronounced or gave to the Israelites is that every seven days, stop working so that we can come together and assemble. And and when we assemble, it's going to be a feast. This was the purpose of the Sabbath and, and now working on the Sabbath. Okay? Um, so that was the first one. All right? The, the, the first holy convocation that the Mosiah instituted in the law that was handed down from Moses to us, the entire nation of Israel, to the entire 12 tribes of Israel. Y'all stop working on the seventh day, the Sabbath day, so you can come together, so we can assemble together. And mind you, brothers and sisters, um, if you put this in, 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 in your memory banks, and which I know many uh, y'all remember this and many of y'all know this. So I'm not trying to condescend to anybody. But think about it for a minute. When the Mosiah came and instituted the Sabbath for us, coming out of Egypt, if you go back and, 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 and look at, or study or look, look up the Egyptian calendar, all right, go back and look, look at the ancient Egyptian calendar, you'll see that the ancient Egyptians had a 10-day work week. All right, that their weeks were actually 10 days long. Their months were, were 30 days. They had 30-day months, and they had 12 months in a year. That part, you know, that, that's pretty much continued. But the one difference they had, the Egyptians, the ancient Egyptians, had a 10-day work week. So for the Israelites coming or dealing in, in the rigorous bondage, the rigorous slavery um, that we had to endure by the Egyptians, that the recognition of the seven-day work week had been erased from us, that, that we were totally enveloped and, 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 and drowning in the Egyptian doctrines, philosophies, gods, and beliefs, and culture. So for that 430 years that we were there in Egypt, we were dealing with a 10-day work week. So we weren't even conscious of God's seven-day work week. Okay. So coming out of Egypt, where we were slaves, so as slaves to the Egyptian culture, the Egyptian philosophy, the Egyptian way of thinking in every way possible, including how they marked time, including how they dealt with their calendar, including how they dealt with their weeks. So with that being, being that type of conditioning being forced upon our forefathers, while in Egypt, coming out of Egypt now, we were no longer slaves to the Egyptians. So the Lord was trying to 
trying to get our minds now reconditioned to his way of doing things, trying to get us reconditioned into understanding how he did things, how he, how he set things up in the very beginning. That as opposed to now, we're being so used to working a 10-day work week that the seventh day, that's just past what? That would be just, just, just past hump day. Uh, if, 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 you know, if I, you understand, like, like a 10-day work week and the fifth day would, would be comparable to, like, a Wednesday. Um, that, that, that's only the middle of the week. The seventh, the seventh day would not, would not be recognized. The seventh day was just a day of work that we're still working. The, the, the rigors, the grievousness, the, the pressures of having to work the Egyptian week that was fully ingrained in our minds. So in us coming out of Egypt and the Egyptian culture and, and everything uh, being destroyed, we still had a lot of the, that Egyptian philosophy and way of thinking ingrained in us. So the Lord is coming back now and, and, and trying to let us know, stop working. Yes, you were slaves in Egypt, but now you're my servants. Yes, you did serve that rigor in Egypt, but now you're my servants. So were you used to working on the seventh day? like you was forced to do in Egypt. Now that you're out of Egypt, you don't have to work. On the seventh day, you don't have to work. And then keeping in mind also, remember, by the time we came into the, into the promised land, by the time we came into the, the, the land of, of, of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, uh, the land of Canaan, which became the land of Israel, that remember, we had servants. We had, we, had, we, had, we had servants. We had slaves. And I'm going to go back to, like, the brother Karaj. I like to, like to teach and bring out. It's not even that our servants were slaves, like the slavery that we've been forced to endure here in the, in the Americas, that we had servants. And, and we treated our servants according to the law. We treated them so well that many servants wanted to be our servants that their condition came up big time, not in, the, in this fake philosophy of, 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 of a so-called white man saying, yeah, we treated our slaves so good, they, they'd rather be slaves. They'd rather uh, be with us in some, like, Stockholm Syndrome type of, of, of madness or, or, or um, uh, insanity. But, no, by the laws of the Most High that we were given to how to deal with our servants, that many of them wanted, and they sold it. They, they wanted to be our servants for life. And they, they, they had themselves, their children, their children's children, that they were treated very well. That God is a God of, of, of humanity. All right? God is a God of humanity. And there was, there was a certain way that, that the Israelites, we had to treat our servants. So if we had, knowing that we had servants, and that even many of the cities that we conquered, many of the countries that we conquered coming to the promised land, if God didn't tell us to destroy all those people, then they, they, were, they were taken as prisoners of war to where they became our servants and our servitude. So it's not like we were having to work a nine to five with grueling hours so we can make ends meet, so we can keep up with the cost of living, that we came and we literally took over for the lack of a, of a better term, plantations. Think about a plantation, brothers and sisters, and that's what it was like for the Israelites 
coming out of Egypt, going through the 40 years that we were in the wilderness, and actually now coming in and, and, and repossessing the promised land, repossessing the land that Abraham walked and that was promised to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob that we gave it to the 12 tribes of Israel. And coming back and repossessing the land that many of the cities and many people that, that were conquered, if the Lord didn't say destroy them because of just how wicked and abominable they were, that, we would, that they became our servants, that they were already working the land. They were already um, workers of the land. So in being conquered, y'all keep working, but now we're in charge. So the plantations, the estates that we took over were, were, were enormous, to say the least. Enormous. And being so well equipped, literally, on each person, each man's plantation. When, when, when we have the concept, you hear the concept of every man's home is his castle. For the Israelites, that was a very true saying when we came into the promised land. That it, that's not about your little apartment or your little two, two-story house that, that we have here t- t- today and in, 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 in how we're living now. Yeah, I'm king of my castle. I'm king of my home. I'm king of this. No. We literally took over mansion, took over estates. We took over plantations. And they were so self-contained that, okay, we, we weren't dealing with having to go to the mall. We weren't dealing with having to go to the grocery store. There were no Walmarts. There was no, no, no Costco. There was no Sam's Club. There was no, no, um, there was no markets Be- because each estate was so, so self-contained with all the resources upon each estate and within each plantation that if we weren't careful, there'd be no need. We never would see one another. It's not like we had to trade commerce between each other. It's not like we had to barter trade goods like, like the so-called white man likes to put in our minds that in the old times, it was just the barter system, that, that uh, we were damn near, the so-called white man would, would paint the picture that we were all just um, poor, uh, uh, raggedy. Uh, we were just hunter-gatherers, uh, barely understanding what, what the, 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 the formation of the will, just barely dealing with fire, didn't shower, um, had no, no concept of hygiene, um, and just put on animal skins and and was just above Captain Caveman-type status or, 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 or um, some Flintstone or Neanderthal-type status. No, brothers and sisters, that is not the case at all. That is not the case at all. So we, we were dependent on the barter system. Every estate that the Israelites had, not so much each individual family, each individual family within each tribe, was blessed with so much that we really would not have to deal with anybody else because of the resources of each plantation, the resources of each um, uh, uh, estate. That if the Most High didn't give us this law, that every seven days stop working, and come together. But again, what work do we have to do? 
What work do we have to do? And leaving Egypt, come on, because of our, our Pharaoh had got so upset with the Israelites when Moses came in and, and, and Aaron and the, and the elders of Israel came to Pharaoh and said, let my people go that they may come and serve me. That Pharaoh instituted the, the, the cutting off of, of what would be essential or the same as uh, government assistance, which caused the Israelites to have to do what? We were scattered throughout the empire of the Egyptians trying to find work so we can keep up with the cost of living. Similar to today, that how many Israelites now because are, are scattered across the world, across America, so they can make – so we can keep up with the cost of living. And that we're not able to – some of us just have to work on the Sabbath. Because of the cost of living. Now, some, some, some have been able to get to the point where uh, they don't they get a day off on Saturday. So it, it, that gets worked out and everything. But as a nation, not just individuals, but as a nation. While we were in captivity, we couldn't do that. But coming into the promised land, what we weren't required to work the same way we did in Egypt. We were the overseers, for lack of a better word. We were the masters. We had servants. We came out with a mixed multitude, and we were over them. So it's not like we were the ones actually having to, 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 to do the actual farming ourselves. We weren't the ones that were actually having to deal with the timber or the construction ourselves. No, no, uh, we were the, you know, my wife was, was saying this the other day, like it'd be good to, if, if in America, uh, if our kids right now could go to uh, a school where they would learn business and then how to become entrepreneurs for here in America. I mean, yeah, you know, that, that, that wouldn't be bad, even though we've done it before. That wouldn't be bad, but when we were in Israel, we were, it was so rich and so good. Um, and what the Mosai gave us, especially when we came out of Egypt and Joshua brought us into the promised land, we were our own entrepreneurs. We, we didn't have a public school system till now. We go to public school that we had to take the wagons or take, take, a, take some type of transportation to go to the school building so now we can learn the alphabet. We can learn arithmetic. We can learn uh, uh, music. We can have PE. We can have uh, uh, architecture or, or whatever. That wasn't the case. That was not, it, 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 the, the whole education system was, was not what we see here in America. It was a family-run business. The estate was a family-ran business. So you learn how to manage the estate from watching and living how we lived. That was your education. How to manage servants. How to manage uh, we were managers. We 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 were <laughs> we were Israelite privileged. Just like today, you got white privilege. We were Israelite privileged in the Promised Land. The point I'm trying to get you, brothers and sisters, um, is in instituting the the Sabbath, where there was no work to be done. That whatever managerial Things 
had to be taken care of on this day? No. You're not going to be a man. That, that, no. You're not. It's not like we were the ones that actually working in the field. That's the, that's, that's the point I'm trying to get to. We weren't the ones working in the field. That we had to be the 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 the, uh, the tree trimmers. We had to go work the garden. We had to go work the crops. We had to tend to the horses, and tend to the sheep, and tend to the cattle. We had to be responsible for that. We ourselves, with our own hands, had to go and actually uh, uh, pick the corn, pick the cotton, pick the apples, pick the uh, 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 pick the olives. Uh, uh, then we had to, you know, uh, bring it all in, make sure everything got sucked and put away properly and stored and 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 and, and canned and and, um, uh, and and preserved. That we had to, it was from the sweat of our own brow that we had to do that. We were managers within our own estates. It's not like we were the ones actually at the sewing machines, um, uh, actually having to sew garments and put garments together. Uh, or iron garments, or, or that every day or every week we were responsible for making sure all the clothes got washed, um, that the laundry was done, uh, that the dishes were, were, were washed and put away, and that um, uh, uh, that, that, that the cows got through one of the other pastures, so we had to go actually mend the fence, that we had to go in and, and, and do the construction, uh, we had to go dig the the, the post holes. Uh, we had to actually go uh, uh, build the stables. We had to actually physically ourselves build the farms. We we had to uh, go you know churn the milk, and then make the make the butter and make the cheese and make the uh, go collect the eggs from the quail or from the chickens or whatever we were dealing with. That we had to make sure that we were responsible. That staying, uh, staying in the kitchen to make sure everybody ate. Um, that's not what our that was not our position in the promised land. That is not what we had to do. That's not what we dealt with. So the cease from our work in coming into the promised land was cool. You, you're not having to manage anything right now. So there's no excuse why you can't gather together. There's no excuse why we can't actually assemble together and enjoy one another, be around one another every seven days. And I'm only trying to bring out this practicality, the practical understanding of the Sabbath, that it wasn't just about it's the seventh day, so it's my Sabbath, so I'm just not doing any work. That's still coming from from us being here in America with a slave mentality. We're missing the practicality of what the Sabbath was when it says no work should be done therein, that it was about us now having no excuse why we can't gather together, why we can't assemble together in a feast, a feast. And I know I'm on this tangent. I'm going to be here for a second. We are here. Um, when we come back and check out uh, feast, 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 where's it at, where's it at, where's it at? When we look at the word feast or feasts, it was going to give it to me. Um, let me do this, y'all. Give me one second, one second, one second, one second. Let me clear that. Search. F-E-A-S-T. 
looking at the word feast, dealing with the word feast, right, from, um, uh, again, the word feast from the Webster's 1828 Dictionary, from the Webster's 1828 Dictionary, dealing with the word feast. Feast is a noun from a Latin word festium, a definition number one, a sumptuous, a sumptuous, I'm sorry, a sumptuous repast or entertainment. Sumptuous, a sumptuous repast or entertainment. They, when, in Leviticus 23, that these are my feasts. These are the Lord's sumptuous repast or what the Lord finds, this was when we had entertainment of which a number of guests partake, particularly a rich or splendid public entertainment. Are we hearing this? That these are my feasts. So the Sabbath being the very first feast and holy convocation, we were all summoned to, a, to an assembly, to a feast. To an assembly, to a feast, or to what? A sumptuous, a sumptuous repast or entertainment. A a, uh, a number of guests, of which a number of guests uh, partake, particularly a rich or splendid public entertainment. This we were we were we had to stop working, so we can come and enjoy some public entertainment, splendid public entertainment. A feast, a repast, entertainment, food. Are we getting this, y'all? Um, definition number two, a rich or delicious repast or meal. Something delicious to the palate. So we were supposed to come in and eat. We were supposed to come together Every seven days for the Sabbath, stop working so we can come and have entertainment, have delicious entertainment. We can eat together, that we have these meals together every seven days. And when we come back and read uh, Exodus chapter 20, <laughs> now I know it's, it's, it's kind of hard as, as I'm just sitting there thinking about it like, wow, this, this is what we – this is what we're doing? This is how it was? <laughs> Exodus chapter 20, verse 8. I know it's, it's almost hard to even imagine. It's almost hard to even touch or think about, especially for, uh, in growing up here in, in America where we've had to grow up and the rigors and the oppression that we're having to face here in, in America and in the world today. So in Exodus chapter 20, verse 8, it says, remember the Sabbath day, it holy. And remember the word holy means set apart. Keep the Sabbath day, have it be set apart. This is the what, the fourth commandment? This is the fourth commandment. Verse 9, Exodus chapter 20, verse 9. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work. But what labor do we have to do when we were the overseer, when we were the ones in charge, that we ran the estates and we had that generational wealth? We had that generational uh Prosperity. So what was our labor? Managing? That was our labor. It's, no, it's hard. I know it's hard to conceptualize 
what we were doing that, no, I know many of us have gotten to the point, yeah, I like working with my hands. I, 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 I like to work. I got to work. Um, but our labor as being coming into the promised land is different than us being slaves here in America. We, 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 it wasn't in the sweat of our brow that we're out there in the sun getting sunbaked, that we're out there uh, uh, having to walk behind the mules or walk behind the oxes or walk behind the, the, the horses to plow the land and, 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 and feel, the, feel the dirt in our, in, uh, in our fingers, underneath our fingertips. No. Again, just think about how Think about plantation life here in America. I'm, I'm going to try and bring it to that, to, that, to that mindset. How was plantation life in America for white people? I'm going to try and bring bring to, the, to, to that type of reality. What was plantation life like for white people here in the early in, in, in Americas when we were still in that hardcore shadow slavery? Did those plantation owners did they pick one handful of cotton? No. Were they responsible for having to shoe one horse? Were they in the kitchen having to cook? Were any of their children having to, 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 to wash any dishes? What kind of extravagance did they enjoy being the plantation owners, being over a plantation? Well, now, just take that same picture, but now put us in charge and the rest of the nations being our servants. That obviously, the labor is different. We were managing we're dealing with the from all the resources that we had on each one of our plantation and estates, we were dealing with, with exporting. That taking our resources and making sure, you know, our, our families were taken care of, our nation taken care of, and then exporting our resources and goods out to other nations. I think right now I get I get the image of Django in my head, and I think about the, the the character that Leonardo da Vinci played, not Leonardo da Vinci, Leonardo DiCaprio played uh, versus Sam, Sam Jackson. That Leonardo da Vinci, Leonardo DiCaprio, I'm sorry, Leonardo DiCaprio, that for even he he was betting on 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 the brutality of slaves fighting one another. But the day-to-day running, even of his own plantation, what was it, Candyland? Even that was, was was left to who? Another slave. The the character played by Samuel Jackson. That Samuel Jackson was actually the slave that was in charge of the overseer, the taskmaster, the officer over the other slaves. But even Sam Jackson was responsible for the punishment, the discipline of slaves on the plantation. 
Sammy Jackson was was, was a, a trusted slave that had, that deal, dealt with the day-to-day runnings of the plantation. They even Leonardo DiCaprio didn't have to deal with that. Damn sure Leonardo DiCaprio's well, sister didn't have to deal with this, deal with it either. They literally would be in a place where they can enjoy life. And again, whatever the label was, if it was the the if you remember Leonardo DiCaprio's uh, sister, you're just telling the slaves of uh, the servants what's going to be for dinner. I guess you're you're you're. You're kind of so such extravagance and 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 and, and luxury that that I guess all you had to do was make sure if you was a woman back then you had babies you had children because literally everything else is taken care of. Everything? Come on, y'all. Practical knowledge. Practical knowledge. So, again, coming back to Exodus chapter 20, verse 9. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work. Thou, nor thy son, nor thy daughter, thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor that stranger that is within thy gates. It was it was, this this day was, was the Sabbath was so it was so set apart about not doing any work. No, no you don't even have to manage. Obviously, we're not going to work. You notice it, it didn't have to mention the wife. The wife didn't work. All right, thou nor thy son nor thy daughter, your family. No, they're not working. They're not going to be managing. They're not going to have to go and make sure that they're on top of. Uh, uh, Whatever might have been going on within the plantation, whatever might have been going on within the estate, no, that'll 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 keep that'll hold. Matter of fact, uh, your manservant, your maidservant, your cattle, or the stranger that's within that gates, no, you don't need to go take care of the manservants. You have to be uh, so busy in administration over the maidservants. No, on this day, you don't need to go make sure that the, 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 the servants are dealing with the cattle properly or that the, the cows are, are, are being fed or being watered or, or uh, being groomed. None of that. You know, I just had, had a thought in my mind uh, that this, this came to me just now. Even dealing with cattle, y'all ever think about the rodeo? And that 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 thought just came to mind. How how is it that you have time that you ride bulls? You do that for fun. That's not something that 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 would have to be done as 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 a uh, as a profession. That's somebody you got so much time in your hands and got nothing else to do. You know what? I think I want to learn how to ride bulls. Or 
the equestrians. That's white people, right? <laughs> uh, deal, uh, dealing with the, the, the polo. On top of the horses, uh, hitting this ball back and forth in, in competition because you ain't got shit else to do. So why not be an equestrian? Why not be to this thing where you, you ride horses or you can jump your ass up on a, <laughs> on a bull and go bull riding? That it can be done as a hobby. Because you ain't got nothing else to do. You, you're obviously in charge of the plantation. You're in charge of, 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 the, of, the, uh, of the estate. So, hey, if this was you, you got time to go learn that if, if you choose to. You got time to go ahead and, 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 and white people can go to the horse track, to the horse races, and bet on the horses. And then they, they, they can be, you know, so caught up and it's just – they got money to burn, time to spend. They 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 got they got that at their luxury. That they can now no, they're not the jockeys having to ride the horses if they don't want to. But now they're 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 over the people that are taking care of the horses and responsible for, for the breeding of the horses, the breeding of, of, of the, that that select for a stock of horses. That's like stock of equestrian. And you're not actually there making sure that this horse gets with this horse to keep it purebred. You got, you, you got workers for that. You up in the box enjoying the races. Where you can get not only just equestrian, you can get caught up into dog racing. And it's not, we're not the ones actually raising the dogs. We're not out in the kennels cleaning up dog do and, 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 and responsible for the food and all that type of stuff. We have servants for all that. But you sit back now and enjoy the horse race, the dog race. We can be like kings, and we're going on, 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 on the, uh, the fox hunt. That we, we weren't doing... The same labor that we have in the servant do here now in America, it, 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 we were not doing that in the promised land. That is not how we was getting down. You ever see white people, when, when they show this, I watched the movie this the other day again, uh, uh, the one with Denzel Washington, American Gangster. Uh, remember when he went to the Italian man's home? Uh, I forget whatever his 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 Gucci name, his Gucci name um, Gooley, the the Italian mobster's name. That Italian mobster's house was so big and extravagant. He's in the backyard. Actually, they're they're, they're uh, what do they call that? But we're pool, and you shoot the shoot the the, the clay. Uh, The clay targets in some type of target practice, they're shooting shotguns in the backyard. Their, their estate was so huge and so big that from one of the balconies, they could do that for sport. They even had the, 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 the blazer 
with the with the leather padding on, on the shoulders, or whatever. As so, when you put the gun stock up against your your shoulder, you get time to do that. And just practice shooting. Because literally everything else is being taken care of. Or if you chose to get into archery. Or if you chose to let your creative creative juices be flowing, getting into 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 art, sculptures. Because the same pressures and, and, and the same uh, demand will not be forced upon us when you're in charge, when you have the privilege. So to come back now and now free from any managerial or or, or Overseer or, or chief executive officer type responsibilities, seven days a week, seventh day, stop. Stop. You don't have to be over your men servants. You, you don't have to be managing the maid servants. You don't have to be, be managing the cattle. You know that, uh, going back to Exodus uh, chapter 20, verse 10. Know that stranger that is within thy gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Yes, even the Lord stopped working on the Sabbath day. For as much as the Lord had all the angels working for those six days, because we know the Lord himself wasn't actually, the Mosai himself wasn't actually doing all the work. Let's get, we, 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 we're not going to be stupid with this. But for everything he had the angels making, all the different forms of light, that we know that there was a light that was made even before the sun. Before the sun was created, before the moon was created, before the stars were created, there was a light that was already created. We do read about that. But we don't know all, all, the, different type of, all the different type of lights that there are, from infrared light, blue light, um, halogen lights, uh, all the different type of spectrums of light. The Lord said, let there be light. We have yet to really understand and determine how many forms of light. We have night vision. That man is just coming up with, with this concept fairly recently within the past, what, 30 years, 40 years? This night vision. Some x-ray vision, a sonogram, an MRI. What, how many forms of light are there? We don't know. Because when the Lord said, Make the, let there be light, he never told the angels to stop making light. Again, before the sun, the moon, and the stars were even created, the different forms of light that there are. If today we have fluorescent lights, halogen lights, we have uh, uh, blue lights, infrared lights, uh, uh, x-ray vision, for all the different type of lights there are, mankind today is only coming up and discovering so, so many 
but we don't know how many more were, were created, how much more light was actually created. We, we, have, we, we, we don't know, but the angels were never told to stop making light. For the sun, moon, and stars. He made the stars also, but he never said stop making stars. We have no idea. To this day, you have scientists alive today when dealing with the earth that they still keep finding new species of animals, new species of bugs, new species of fish. To this day, that for as much as mankind has made a lot of animals extinct, a lot of a lot of a lot of, a lot of uh, bugs and insects, uh, a lot of fowl extinct. When the Lord said, uh, "And uh, every living creature that moves, the fish of the sea and the fowls of the air," He never said, told them to stop. They, they stopped for the Sabbath, but the angels was working. Until it came to the seventh day. Now take a rest. Now rest. But then the seventh day didn't last forever. Go back to work. Even with the angels. Y'all rest. Y'all been putting in work? Cool. Now y'all rest. Let's come together. Let's feast. They feast in heaven. That's where the manna came from. Remember? Angels food. They feast in heaven. The spiritual realm. So to come back now and understand how the Lord was giving us the, the, these feasts in Leviticus 23, going back there once again, because I'm seeing that I'm coming up on my hour. <sighs> Moving on. Uh, Leviticus chapter 23, verse 1. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, Concerning the feasts of the Lord, which ye shall proclaim to be holy convocation, even these are my feasts. These are the times that we're supposed to get together and enjoy one another's the, the, the deliciousness, the sumptuousness, the, 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 the public entertainment of us coming together and enjoying one another. Verse, th- uh, verse 3, six days shall work be done, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of rest and holy convocation. You shall do no work therein. It is the Sabbath of the Lord in all in all your dwellings. Verse four. Again, remember these dwellings. He went at this particular time. He said dwellings. He wasn't talking about us being in slavery. As wherever Israelites were dwelling. Cool. When I say dwelling, we were in charge. We 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 were. We were the employers, not the employees. 
So wherever we were dwelling at, we had the, 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 the promised land. But if we chose to go ahead and, 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 and live in Ophir, if a group of us decided to live at, uh, and we were in, uh, in Lebanon, okay, whatever you got going on in Lebanon, cool. But y'all still come together on the Sabbath day and, and observe this, still keep this going. Still keep the Sabbath going. We were in charge. That's part of the blessing of the Lord. Verse 4. Leviticus 23, verse 4. These are the feasts of the Lord, even holy convocations, which you shall proclaim in their seasons. And again, we're seeing what the Lord keeps, keeps reiterating. These are the feasts of the Lord, even holy convocations. We are summoned, official calling together, official assembly, official gathering to enjoy this sumptuous, delicious food and entertainment. Stop working and come enjoy this. And again, our work wasn't the same work as what we, what we considered our work here as slaves in the Americas. This for the whole entire nation, not individuals. This was for the whole entire nation this was instituted. instituted. Verse 5. In the 14th day of the first month at even is the Lord's Passover. So we already had the Sabbath established every seven days. Then on the first for, uh, the 14th day of the first month at even is the Lord's Passover. And that's what we just uh, celebrated. Um, many different camps, because our calendar is still kind of messed up. Uh, we haven't come to a total unity on that. And Christ is going is to straighten that out once he gets here. But we do observe, the, many camps do observe the Passover. Right? So we, right now on different days, but it's still an observance or recognition that there is a Passover. That the Lord did deliver the, the children of Israel out of captivity the, uh, of the Egyptians, that the Lord delivered the, the brown-skinned Israelites from the brown-skinned Egyptians. That did happen, all right? So Leviticus 23 and 5, in the 14th day of the first month at even is the Lord's Passover, verse 6. And on the 15th day of the same month is the Feast of Unleavened Bread unto the Lord. Seven days you must eat unleavened bread. So we, we had the Passover on the 14th day of the first month, which was we recognized from August, uh, April 5th, all right? That night being the Passover. Then the next day for a whole week now. So we actually have eight days that we're going to eat unleavened bread, including the Passover. The Passover is not included as this week of unleavened bread even though for the Passover night we had no leaven in the Passover meal, from the Passover being one day, then we're going to have a week of unleavened bread. So altogether that would be that eight days, all right, and, and, and trying to help everybody understand the math. That you have the Passover, which, yes, we didn't have any unleavened bread. We had to first had the matzahs, okay? That was a Passover meal. But then from the next day, 
gone for a whole week is the week of unleavened bread. So in total, that would be eight days. Okay? In total, that would be eight days. So Leviticus chapter 23, verse 7. In the first day, you shall have a holy convocation. You shall do no servile work therein. Verse 8. But you shall offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord. Uh, seven days. And the seventh day is a holy convocation. You shall do no servile work therein also. So the, we have the Passover. Then the next day we have the beginning of the Feast of Unleavened Bread. So the Passover is a holy convocation. And then the next day is another Sabbath or high holy day, meaning the beginning of, of the week of unleavened bread. So the first day of, of the week of unleavened bread, that is a high holy day. That is the Sabbath. Then we go a, a week, and now the seventh day of the unleavened bread, that is also a Sabbath. Right? It's a convocation, and it's also a Sabbath. So going by this calendar here, brothers and sisters, going by this calendar right here, this is how we now we, we do understand that for those that did honor uh, the the Passover uh, with with uh, IS, ISBHPK, uh, Houston, Norfolk, um, uh, Rochester, and uh, the Mashra uh, Yasha Allah, that Wednesday, April 5th, the sundown was the Passover. So now sundown, April 6th, Thursday, let me get my words together. So then Thursday, sundown, April 6th, that was the beginning of the uh, week of unleavened bread. All right? Tonight, being Thursday, would be the, that, that, where that week is being fulfilled. So tonight is the seventh day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, which is supposed to be another holy convocation. It's supposed to be another, we're supposed to be gathering together and feasting. Uh, so we uh, coming together and enjoying one another in entertainment, enjoying one another in unity, enjoying one another in something sumptuous, sumptuous, sumptuous and delicious. That's supposed to be happening at this time now also. When we get to the promised land, we get back home, you know it's going to be on. You know it's, it's, going, it, it, oh, it's going to be some celebrating going on. It's going to be some feasting going on. But tonight, in rehearsing the righteous acts, tonight at sundown is the seventh day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread. So from sundown tonight until sundown tomorrow is the seventh day of Unleavened Bread. And then, yes, that brings us right into Friday, which would be just the regular Sabbath, the regular weekly seven-day Sabbath, okay? So tonight is a high holy night, and then tomorrow night at sundown is a high holy night, okay? And we're supposed to observe and recognize and remember Right? It's all good. It's all good. So I just took this hour and 15 minutes. I didn't realize it took that long. Uh, just to try and get some understanding. Um, Brother sisters, I, I got to say this. A lot of times my introduction takes this type of, 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 of time, and I feel like I do this, this, this much explaining because I got so much information in my head that a lot of times what happened is if I had somebody new listen to the class um, or I just I'll leave it at that. If I have somebody new listen to the class, that I'm already thinking people are already so familiar with some of these terms 
that people are so familiar with some some of these, uh, this understanding that I'll just blow right past it, um, and, and not realizing that I've got listeners that are still dealing with they're just coming in, they're just getting this knowledge, they're just, they're just really coming in and 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 and, and starting to get this, and like the scripture says. Understanding that they're just coming in and just learning this, it's almost like you have to treat them like a babe with milk. And it's not to put them down or to condescend to them, but now, cool. We need, there are some of these concepts and there's some of these things and some of the background that we have to go ahead and, and go over and go ahead and bring out so that some of this can start, so the practicality of this can start to make some more sense. And that, again, if I don't slow myself down, I'll blow right past it because I've been doing this again. This was our. Uh, this was from 1993 until 2023 was our 30th Passover. I've been doing Passovers from 1989 was my first Passover. Says so what? Um, 93. Ninety-two, ninety-one, ninety-two, ninety-one, ninety, eighty-nine. 92, 91, 90, 89. So I've, I've actually participated in 34 Passovers, right, for as long as I've been in, in the truth and been in, in this knowledge. I've actually participated in 34 Passovers. So that's 34 years, brother. That's, 30, that's 34 years. So in dealing with this and teaching this and, and sharing this, there's a lot of things that, I'll just speed by it, but I've had time to digest. I've had time to 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 to, to digest, to work with, uh, to experience a, a lot of these things. And I'll, sometimes I'll get it going so fast that I'll forget that I've got people this day first time hearing some of this. This is their first time kind of dealing with some of these 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 concepts, the context and the issues. So then I find myself. Either I'm, I'm, I'm speeding through stuff and nobody gets what I'm saying and it's going too fast, or I find myself in situations like this where I feel like I really need to give some understanding and we got to really kind of walk through these steps and really get these type of things so that, uh, again, try and help everybody's uh, understanding. Um, and try, try and help everybody come into the, uh, like First Corinthians chapter 1 verse 10 says, uh, that would be of the same mind and of the same judgment, that we all understand and judging things the same way, again, in the practical knowledge that the Most High gives, in the, practic- the practicality of, of, of what's happening. So it just makes sense that this is why this is done this way, this is why this is done this way, and not just being kind of left in a mystical, um, uh, uh, almost uh, hyper-religious uh, mentality or hyper-pseudo-spirituality instead of the practicality. Instead of, let's, let's deal with the practicality of what's going on and, and, and why. Okay? So, seeing that I've taken all, all this time, cool. I didn't realize it was going to take that, that long. Um, let me do this. Uh, we're going to take a, a, a musical uh, intermission. And then we want to come back and continue with part two of uh, 
Christ the Passover. All right. So let me do that. Yeah, let me go ahead and do that. Um, kind of also give everybody a reset, so that now we it, it also be understood and known that okay, we're now going to be moving from me trying to get some understanding about how today is the last day of starting at sunset will be the last day of the Feast of Leavened Bread, um, and moving on to the actual topic. And I'm doing this also because uh, I've, I've been told, particularly by my sons, that. We have the title of the class, but sometimes we get sidetracked and we don't deal with the title of the class. And they just want to deal with the title of the class. But again, there's just so much information and just there's so much uh, 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 knowledge that sometimes it's hard just to stick just to the one class, just to the one topic. Um, so let me do this music intermission, uh, brothers and sisters, and. When we come back, we will continue with this. So let me get a good good song here. Um, this song I love, right? I, I do love this song right here. And I, I played it for so long as part of my blog talk, uh, the blog talk podcast, the 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 ISBHK Bible Talk podcast. It's, it's back to life, right? back to reality. Um, I know when they made the song, they was probably talking about they was talking about the relationship between a man and a woman, and things uh, getting back together. I hope it was between a man and a woman, and not between two women or whatever. But it was about two people uh, coming back together and and um, finding that life again. Or, or I, I found this person, and now I, I, I've got life. And I like this song for us as Israelites that now we're able to come back to life that our life as Israelites, we're coming back to who we are, that we're coming back to our identity, our, our nationality, our knowledge. Now we're coming back and we're now learning how to be Israelites, not just be slaves in America, not just be Negroes, West Indians, Puerto Ricans, Haitians, Dominicans, or Cubans, North American Indians, Southern Indians, Argentinians, Chilean, Brazilians, Colombians, Panamanians, or Mexicans. Not to be, you know, um, uh, just taxpayers. Not to be just, just uh, you know, Democrat, Republican, uh, uh, Baptist, Methodist, Episcopalian, Seventh-day Adventist, uh, or, or what have you. Not to be a crip or a blood. Not to be a, um, a, a gangbanger or somebody with a silver spoon in their mouth or when they joined a, a university or a college uh, and became a Greek, an alpha, um, a sigma, a lambda, a uh, and sometimes fraternity or sorority, we're not we're not um, just becoming part of we're not just part of a union, steelworkers union, um, uh, a truckers union, an electrician union, um, a carpenters union. Uh, that no, we're coming back to our life. We're back to learning and understanding our life that we are the Israelites, our true identity, and in that. Come back and learning our true purpose. Why did God create the Israelites? And getting back to that, that we're actually now in that process of getting back to life, getting back to who we actually are. So I'm going to play this um, uh, this music in, uh, intermission, and we'll come back in and continue on with the class. Now we're going to come back and continue with the class. So here we go with Back to Life. Back to reality. 
alright, alright, alright. You're gonna learn today. Alright, alright, alright. You're gonna learn today. All right, all right, all right, all right. All praises, all praises, all praise to the Most High God, to Yahweh, Bahashem, Yahweh, Shabbat, Thumb. We are back, we are back, we are back. All right, brothers and sisters, I'm trying to get a, a little recap um, from yesterday and coming to today's class. Uh, remember, we were uh, we were in St. John chapter 6. What we, what we was going over yesterday was um, getting some details or some context and talking about the, uh, how the Bible – is written in, in metaphors, in allegories, um, uh, in symbolism, uh, in prophecies, and also uh, in, uh, historically. But we were focusing a little more on the allegories and the metaphors and the symbolism of the Bible. And we were talking about how Christ was, 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 was describing to him. He had many disciples that were following, many disciples were following, not just the 12. And I, he was, he was um, explaining to them that he is the bread of life. And that if a man doesn't eat his flesh and drink his blood, uh, he will not have eternal life. And that many people were taking that, that, that saying so literal that they stopped following Christ. That they, was like, they, they thought he was literally talking about eating his flesh and drinking his blood. When it was that, all that was just symbolic of live, follow the example that Christ lived. Make Christ's example how he lived his life. Make that our example. Make that let that become our culture. Let it become our life. That we're doing things in His name. And I keep talking about we need, I need to put that class together and bring it out. That when we do things in the name of Christ, meaning we're doing things the same way He did things. If I'm blessing my food and I'm saying in the name of Christ, then if I'm doing something in the name of Christ, and let me slow down. I feel myself starting to speak fast. So I'm gonna slow down a little bit. If I'm doing something in the name of Christ, for an example. If I'm going to pray over my food, and after I finish praying my food, I say, in Jesus' name I pray, amen. It needs to be considered is not just because I said the name Jesus. And we just covered that, that, that we went over that um, a, a week ago, dealing with the name of Jesus. That Jesus, Joshua, Hosea, Hosea, um, uh, Justice, um, Joshua, Jehoshua, um, Jehoshua, found in the Bible, they're all the same word in Hebrew. All right, they're all the same word in Hebrew. They're all pronounced Yahweh Shai. All right, so it's not just because you say the name Jesus or because you say the name Yahweh Shai after you uh, in blessing your food and giving thanks for food, but in doing things in the name of Jesus. Contrary to what like religion would teach uh, and the modern day mentality uh, uh, says that just because you say the name after you bless the food, then now it's going to be blessed by Jesus. No. If I'm going to do it in the name of Jesus, for example, if I'm praying over a Christmas, the Christmas dinner that has got ham, it's got, um, uh, it might have the, the, the greens with, with, with the um, uh, uh, ham hocks in it. It might be the chitlins um, or chitlings. Uh, and I'm praying to God and I'm saying, Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. We have to ask ourselves, would Jesus eat the Christmas meal? Is that something that he would do? 
And that's something that, that is that how she would do things? And we go back and read, no, Christ never broke the dietary law that was described from Leviticus chapter, the 11th chapter. That no, that's not something he would partake in. That um, giving of Christmas presents, that's why you put from Santa, um, uh, we deal with Christmas presents, because that's from Santa Claus. That's not from Jesus. That's not from Christ. That's not the, that's, those are the type of gifts and things that Christ would do. And setting up a, a tree um, decorated with silver and gold and putting presents around the bottom, we know that around the bottom. We know that from Jeremiah, the 10th chapter. And that that's not something that Christ would do. But just because you say the name Jesus, that I'm doing this in the name of Jesus, I'm setting this tree up, and I'm putting all the, the, the utensils um, or, or tinsel all over the tree and the Christmas bulbs or, or whatever and putting the star on the top. Um, I'm seeing the silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is right. And in the name of Jesus, I'm doing this. That's not something Jesus would do. That's not how Jesus would celebrate or honor um, uh, the Most High. Did Jesus even honor his own birth? Is that something he would do? As, as Easter just passed, um, would Christ participate in Easter? Would Christ participate in giving honor and homage to a rabbit, to a bunny that lays eggs? Different color eggs when obviously rabbits don't lay eggs. Rabbits are mammals. They have live births. So where did the, the, the Easter egg bunny or the, the Easter bunny, where did the bunny lay eggs? And if that's supposed to commemorate Christ's resurrection, where is it ever recorded that when Christ resurrected from the dead, that as Mary got to the tomb and he was already risen, she looked to her right, and all of a sudden there was a rabbit that started laying eggs. Or the disciples, as they rushed to the tomb, that they got delayed because there was Cadbury eggs. So they had to collect all these eggs. It's just... <laughs> Just in case Christ was hungry? No. That's nothing that he that's not something he that that he would do that we're going to do something in his name. But I know the conditioning that we've been under under this oppression of, of our enemies that God calls them, that would force that and, and condition that into our minds so heavily and pollute our minds so heavily that we're really under the impression that just because I say the name Jesus that's enough. So I could be eating pork. I could be eating shrimp, crab, or lobster. I could be participating in all, every type of pagan holiday there is, birthdays. You never read about Jesus Christ honoring his birthday or told the disciples, the way you remember me is you honor my birthday. Remember my birth. That's never how, that, that was never done. From birthdays to, um, uh, again, Christmas, Easter, um, there's never a day set aside called Thanksgiving where, it was to commemorate the slaughter and the destruction of Native American peoples, their culture, their language, their ways, the stealing and, 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 uh, of their land, the pillaging and the scalping of their people. That, that's, not, that's not something Christ would come back and celebrate. That's not something Christ would come back and honor if we're going to do something in his name or doing things the way he did things. So many of the disciples missed the metaphor of what Christ would, let me let me slow down. So if we understand that in doing things in, in Jesus' name, it's not just because I say the name Jesus or Yahweh Shai 
or Yeshua or Yahashua or or Joshua or Oshea or Justice. That just because I say the name doesn't mean that just because I said the name, then I'm now in, in, uh, invoking the angels to come and I'll partake and God protect me. That's not how this works. Am, am I doing things the same way Christ did today? Am I eating his flesh and drinking his blood, the blood being the life? Am I living the life of Christ? Am I doing things the same way Christ? Am I following Christ's example? Am I studying the word to deal with betrayals, to deal with, with adversity, to, to deal with, with um, slander the same way Christ did things? Am I eating his flesh? Am I, am, am, am I if, the same way he broke himself? to be an example for others? Am I breaking myself to be an example for others? The way Christ sacrificed, the Christ, man, during his, his ministry, was, it about, was he collecting G5 or the equivalent of G5 jets? Was he making sure that he stayed in, 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 in king's houses or in mansions? Or did he live a life of pockets have holes and birds have nests? The Son of Man can know where to lay his head. While Christ was in his ministry, did he make provisions to make sure his his biological family was just taken care of, and that was his work? That the work of Christ is to make sure my biological family is taken care of. For the Christ did the example of when his family came looking for him, his mother, his brothers and sisters came while he was working, while he was teaching, and 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 the congregation, the people that were gathered, said, "Your parent, your your mom, your your family is 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 they're trying to get to get at you." And and for Yahweh Shai Christ to look around at the people and say, "Who is my mother, my brother, and my sisters? Those who hear the word of God and do it. That's my family. That's my priority. Even it means my biological family is put to the back, is put to a back burner. That is not my biological family is first. And then, if I got time for those who hear the word of the Messiah and do it, that, no. Come on, we have the example of Christ at 12 years old. He, he had to kind of, you know, remind his mom, how is it you were looking for me? Don't you know I must be about my father's business? And obviously he wasn't talking about Joseph. Remember when Mary first addressed him when she got to the synagogue? Knowest thou not that me and my father have gone these three days looking for you, and you worried us? A woman, have you have you forgot? I must be about my father's business. He was talking about the Most High. Turn out from living. From the age of 12. Yeah, he did honor his father and mother. I'm not going to say he didn't. But he, and having living that type of life, an example, he could come back and tell the man who wanted to go and, and, and he was giving the one disciple in Luke, the ninth chapter, the commission, go out and, it's time to go out and teach. It's time to go out. Now, we had to go wake up and warn Israel. Not even just wake up. We had to warn Israel to repent. We have a duty. I've assigned you this now to do. You've been my disciple for this amount of time. Now it's time to go and do this. And the one disciple said, Lo, I'll follow you, Christ, but let me go first bury my father. 
To a classic, say, let the dead bury the dead. Go and do what I told you to do. Then now Christ could say that and not be a hypocrite because he did the exact, something very similar at 12 years old. He did something very similar when his biological family came looking for him. The question to, that, that I, I have now, for as much as people want to say that that was cruel, that was mean, that he, he didn't put his family first, my question is, why, weren't his, why wasn't his family there at where he was teaching at? What were they doing? What were their priorities? He's teaching and giving the keys to the kingdom of heaven. He, 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 he's teaching the word of God. Why wasn't his family there? Why wasn't his mother, sister and brothers, why weren't they already there? What what became so important or what was going on with them that they weren't there? That now when they showed up, Christ is supposed to stop what he's doing to tend to them. Christ didn't do that. Christ did not do that. He didn't leave that example. So we're going to, again, do things in Christ's name or we're eating his flesh and drinking his blood. Then we're doing things the same way he did things. We were actually his disciples. We're following his example. Remember, from St. John chapter 14, verse 6, Christ told us what? No man came to the Father but by me. He said, all that ever stood before me was thieves and robbers. Don't, have, don't want to have to walk the straight path. Don't want to have to submit and follow the way Christ did things. I want to go around. I want to find loopholes. I want to find shortcuts. I don't believe having to do things that way is necessary. You can think that, but that's not going to get you to the Father. And we're not doing things the same way Christ did, did things. And we're not eating his flesh and drinking his blood, his life. We're consuming his life, and now that, his blood, that wine, is in us. His way of doing things is in us. Even to the point when he was on the, on the cross, dying, he did come back and make sure his, his mother was taken care of. He turned to the disciple and said, Behold thy mother. And he turned to his mother, Behold thy son. Look after my mother like she was your own mom. And mom, look after him like he's your son. Even that, he still came back and honored your father and mother. He still came back and did that. But it was after the ministry was done, after the work was done. So, coming back now to Matthew chapter 26. I'm going to start with verse 26. Um, and dealing with, again, I want to try and bring some attention and focus a little bit more on the betrayal of Christ. That Christ was betrayed. That his trust was violated. That his confidence, his faithfulness in men was was was, was it was hurt that his expectation that men would know what he, what, what's going on and what's happening. They would know better. But he, he, he understood he had to leave an example of what it feels like of being alone. And the only one who sees what's going on is the most high. That a person can truly be innocent. But, and I'm... I'm uh, 
Before I forget the scripture, let me get it real quick. Um, from Peter. Um, oh, my goodness. I'm going to have to add to this class. I'm going to have to add to this class. I'm going to save this one. I'm going to save this. Um, give me one second, y'all. Give me one second. One second, please. Thank you for your patience. For those who have been able to, your attention span has been able to last this long. Um, let me go ahead and continue on with the class. Before I do any more jumping, we're going to have some more rapid holes. Let's go to uh, Matthew chapter 26, verse 26. All right, let's go to Matthew chapter 26, verse 26. And this is what it says, brothers and sisters, if you're following, following along. Matthew chapter 26, and we're starting at verse 26. And what we're dealing with, again, is the institution of the Lord's Supper. And again, not taking away the focus or the understanding of the foundation that in breaking the bread and drinking the, drinking the, um, bringing the bread will represent Christ's body. And drinking the blood of drinking the wine will represent Christ's blood, that this has got to be in you. And that's from the understanding we went over yesterday from St. John, the sixth chapter, starting over 60, coming down, all right? Um, the institution of the Lord's Supper. So now we're in Matthew chapter 26, verse 26, and we're going to recap a little bit about um, the Lord's Supper, all right? Uh, Matthew chapter 26, verse 26. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and break it and gave it to the disciples and said, take eat. This is my body. It was symbolic of, again, Christ breaking himself that his, Christ did not want to go through the crucifixion. He did not want to go through that torture. But he said, I'm going to break myself. I re- Remember, he told us, we was going to this yesterday, he told the disciples two days before the Passover that in, I, I must go to the pack. I, I, with desire, I've longed to eat this Passover with you, but then I must be crucified. Then I must go to suffer. And then we we read yesterday where the chief the the the, the chief priest and the um, the Pharisees and the Sadducees at that same time they conspired. We have to kill Christ. They can, we we had to find a way. We had to kill this man. So all this is in the works. All this is taking place. Um, and within that two days that Judas Iscariot somehow met up with the, the Pharisees to, to betray Christ. Where he was given the 30 pieces of silver. So now here again, Matthew chapter 26, verse 26. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and break it and gave it to the disciples and said, this is my body. And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it, (coughs) for this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. That I'm doing this, drink all of it. I'm going to shed all my blood. I'm going to give my last drop. I'm going to, my example, I'm going to take it to the grave. 
set for the remission of sins. Now, I know from a religious point of view, we're thinking that since Jesus died on the cross, that all my sins are already forgiven and 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 still. No, brothers and sisters, it's a little bit more extensive than that. That Christ dying to fulfill and give the, to give the example and to fulfill the word of God, the will of God, and not to give over to his own thoughts, not to give over to Christ's own will, that if it meant him having to shed, to die, not to do his own will, but to do the will of the Father. He was going to do that. So now that example can be given to others for the remission of sins, of, of showing what true repentance is. That if i got to get to a point where I've got to shed my blood and actually die to do God's will and not do my own, I'm going to do that for the example for so that they can have their sins remitted. So that it wasn't just that it was this, this magical, mystical, Christ died on the cross, and that's it. So now I'm free to do whatever the hell I want to do, and as long as I say the name Jesus, I'm in there. No. We're supposed to take the example of Christ breaking himself, breaking his own will, uh, reminiscent of, of Psalm chapter 51, verse 16, sacrifices of, of God or a broken spirit. A broken and contrite heart, O oh God, that will not despise. Am I breaking my will, breaking my thoughts, breaking my own heart, breaking my own way of doing things to fulfill God's will, even if it means killing me, even if it means dying, I'm going to break myself like Christ did. So that now there can be a true remission of sins that others now can follow my example. Others now can follow the example that Christ gave. Not just looking at him on the cross. Well, he bled, he died, that's good. Now I ain't going to keep doing and living my life. I can now, because Christ died on the cross, he died on the cross, so now I can live my best life here in America. Now I can work on just my prosperity. If it really is about Christ dying for us, for us to live our best lives, then what's the best life for us as Israelites? Is it to make sure we got a house, a car, some Bitcoin, some stocks? Is that really the best life for Israelite? Or is the best life for Israelites that we repent and go home? That we repent and the Lord brings us back to the promised land with his blessing and his protection. The entire nation, the 12 tribes of Israel, not just the individual family, if we're going to live our best life. Again, you know, my, 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 the, damn near my theme song, Back to Life, Back to Reality. Are we really understanding and comprehending what is the best life for Israelites if we're going if Christ died for us to live our best life? It was not for us to Micah four and ten. Arise and depart. This is not your rest. It is polluted. It shall destroy you. The Lord didn't bring us here to be at rest. He had already created a place for us to be at rest. It was the promised land. The land of milk and honey. 
Why would he bless us with that? We sinned, messed that up, and because of our sins, we were scattered to the four corners, and now in our punishment, we're supposed to find rest in our punishment? Please explain to me how that is practical. Because that don't make sense to me. When we come back and read Second Ezra chapter 13, that, in, that our mindset was we're going to go to another land whenever mankind dwelt, and there we'll keep the commandments of God. We're in the promised land where we had everything, including from the plantations, the estate um, uh, that we had, the luxuries and the pleasures and the servants that we had, that in well, the best land already was. That we didn't do it then and there, but now being scattered as our punishment, we're going to now do it over here? No. 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 So, again, come back to Matthew chapter 26, verse 27. And they took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it. For this is my this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. But I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth of this fruit of the vine until the day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. That again, in Christ's example, how much self denial is Christ showing? On top of what, the, what he already displayed up until this time, that now I'm not going to drink of the wine of the vine, and so I drink it with you afresh in the kingdom of, of the Most High. Even in his example, he's still showing self-denial. He's still showing restraint. And has been. Reading on. Matthew chapter 26, verse 30. And when they had sung an hymn, they went out into the Mount of Olives. Then said Jesus unto them, All ye shall be offended because of me this night. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered, scattered abroad. But after I am risen again, I will go before you into Galilee. He, Christ is here prophesying. Right now, yeah, we, we just got we, we, we're eating the Passover meal, the Passover feast. It's enjoyment. It's, it's, it's sumptuous. It's delicious. It's entertaining. It's entertaining. But I'm telling y'all what I'm going through. I'm telling y'all what's happening. But and here, in verse thirty, they're singing. They sung a hymn. They're singing songs. So how joyful of an occasion was actually taking place. And then Christ comes back and says, hey, check it out. All you, all y'all are going to be offended of me this night. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. But after I am risen again, I will go before you into Galilee. All y'all ain't going to have nothing to do with me. Y'all going to flee. Because they're going to smite me. So y'all will be scattered. But when I'm risen, 
I'm going to go before you. I'm still going to lead you again. Matthew chapter 26, verse 32. Again, what kind of example is that that Christ has given? All y'all going to depart. All y'all going to leave. All y'all going to, are going to be about your own selves. But instead of me taking that personal, because it's written, I will smite the shepherd and the sheep shall be scattered. Instead of taking that personal, when I'm risen, I'm still going to go before you. I'm still going to lead you. I still got you. As opposed to the mentality we have, F those niggas on the south side. Meaning we still get this mentality of uh, I'm going to get vengeance. I'm going to hold a grudge. I'm going to, I'm going to y'all left me. You abandoned me. Love don't live here anymore. That's not the song Christ was singing. That's not, that's not. I'm thinking Tony Braxton. Uh, love said about your home last night. You should have been with me. You should be here right by my side. Christ didn't take that mentality with the disciples when they abandoned him. Christ didn't take the mentality, if you see me walking down the street and I start to cry every time we meet, walk on by, bum, 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 bum. walk on by, bum, bum, bum. foolish pride. Come on, stop. That's not the mentality Christ took, but that's what we've been conditioned to do. You do something to me, I'm going to get you back. I'm going to hold a grudge. I'm going to let you know you did me wrong and you hurt me, so I'm going to pay you back. That is not what Christ did. That's not the example Christ left in breaking his breaking the bread representing him breaking his body. The blood representing him shedding his blood for us. Uh, he had to set that example. For the disciples, and now eventually for us, to follow his steps for us to do things in his name verse 33 Matthew chapter 26 verse 33 Peter answered and said unto him though all men shall be offended because of thee yet will I never be offended Peter got kind of offensive, offended that Christ said that that Christ said that there's a lot of times we find Peter putting his foot in his mouth <laughs> when you go when you actually go it, I recommend go y'all go back and study Peter just study Peter Peter was 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 like that 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 kind of headstrong uh uh Uh, Peter's kind of headstrong. I, 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 right now, I, I'm, I'm lacking the words to really trying to describe Peter. There were, there's many times, remember, Peter was the same one that Christ said, get behind me, Satan. Because you don't savor the, 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 the things of God. You, you, you're talking all this and spreading fear. What the hell are you doing? Get behind me, Satan. You offend me. 
So again, Matthew chapter 26, verse 34. Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, that this night before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. In this same night, you sit all bold and strong right here, right now, Peter. But before the cock crows, you're going to deny me three times. The cock, the rooster, before that cock crows, you're going to deny me three times. Verse 35, Peter said unto him, though I should die with thee, yet will I not deny thee. Likewise also said all, likewise also said all the disciples. We know what happens. <laughs> we know what happens. That Christ had to give that example of, even though y'all are saying this, the times when we come, I'm going to be left alone. The time is going to come, I'm going to be left alone. I'm going to leave this off right here. We're going to do a part three with this. I'm going to come back with this on Monday. We're going to do a part three with this. I'm going to come back with this on Monday. And I, I, I want to start Isaiah chapter three, and we're gonna read the whole chapter. Cause I want us to get some 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 understanding and, and get some some context about what it means to be the servant of the Most High, and some of the prophecies that concerning Christ and this very event that we're coming up to about him being betrayed, him being left alone, him being um, uh, his trust being violated, his confidence being shattered, his uh, expectation that the, these men that he put all this time, intimate time with, that they, get, they got so shook to the root, they dipped on him. So now he's faced, no, no different than Jacob, when he had to wrestle the angel and coming back from, from, from Padanaram and having to face Esau, having to face possibly being put to death but, uh, from Esau's rage, Losing his family, family being put to death, and then having to fight the rest of that angel all night long. That Jacob had to be left alone to fight that battle. And it was in Jacob being left alone and fighting that battle that that's when he became a prince of the power of the Most High. That's when he became accepted by God, when he had to fight that battle. Again, being left alone, but all the stress that he was facing, he had to fight and overcome those odds. He had to fight and overcome those things. And it's not like he even won the, the that he won the fight with an angel. Come on, you won a fight with an angel? No, your hip was dislocated. You're literally standing there on one leg fighting an angel. But it's because he fought and didn't give up. He was blessed with the name Israel, meaning now the Most High, you are his prince. He now accepts you. So Christ had to do the same thing, again, and giving us these examples to follow his steps. Eat his flesh. Drink his blood. Live his life. Swallow down his life. Consume his life. All right. I hope this ain't too 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 solemn or, or whatever. Um, especially for, for new listeners, that that is, um, I'm not trying to be just so shocking and so, so melancholy that it's just just a, 
I don't know why Tony Braxton made another sad love song. <laughs> I need your brother Kabar Kawhi. I know he he's working, but but, but I, I need him back on the phone. All right, cool. So with that, brothers and sisters, I'm, I am going to end the class right now. Uh, re- remind us again that tonight is the end of the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Um, tonight is a holy night. Tonight, sundown to tomorrow, sundown. We're in the Sabbath. We're in a high holy day, so last day a piece of unleavened bread. All right. Uh, uh, please uh, uh, check out ISBHBK uh, YouTube channels, whether it's San Antonio, whether it's Houston, whether it's um, Norfolk, or, or uh, come on, Namasaba, Rochester. Let me see, Roanoke, uh, Rochester. Uh, uh, please check it out um, and, and and get your knowledge up. Get your knowledge up. Get get get, get your uh, get your uh, knowledge, wisdom, get, uh, get it up. All right. We need to consume this book. We need to consume this Bible. It's got to become a part of us, and now actually get to the point where we're actually living and being those living examples of Christ, living and being um, the disciples and followers of Christ. So it's that we might be that light to the world. So we want to be a light to the rest of our people. That this is the way we should go. This is the way we should walk. This is the way walking in it. We need to turn to the right hand. We need to turn to the left. That we want to we want to follow Christ and get to the kingdom. All right. Uh, so with that, thank you everybody for tuning in, and tune in tomorrow night also uh, for another uh, ISBHBK Bible Talk uh, podcast um, uh, with the brother Bonabad. So with that, uh, my name is Mashaba, and for ISBHBK. Uh, Bible talk. Shalom.